Thanks for checking out this episode of the Aaron Advantage podcast. Today, I am joined by Libby Mays and Brandon Ricken of RHI, Ricken Home Inspections. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. How are you? Oh, so far, so good. Holiday weekend has thrown me completely off. How about you guys? Same. Absolutely. It is Tuesday, but it feels exactly like a Monday. Anyways, wanted to jump off today and ask some specific questions about, uh, you know, the home inspection process and some different things. I know that you guys are definitely people that we refer to a lot. So we wanted to have somebody in to kind of talk about what exactly is a home inspection and why do I need one? So who wants to take off with that one first? It looks like Brian is going to be the guy to go to. Looks like I get it. So um, a home inspection is a non-invasive uh, evaluation of a property. Uh, it's not a technically exhaustive evaluation. It's uh, more so um, a uh, uh, an inspector going through a house and trying to do a normal day-to-day uh, uh, by checking outlets, checking uh, doors, windows, all the appliances, things of that nature. Uh, we don't tear anything completely down. Wait a minute. I've seen homes on homes on HGTV and he's like taking hammers to drywall. You guys don't do that? Yes, that is a big misconception. Uh, Mr. Holmes is uh, uh, kind of the exact opposite of what of what we do. Well, that just completely blew my mind. I bet it did. <laughs> so Brandon, I know that obviously when I'm helping people buy and sell homes, that's typically the most a common time that somebody would use a home inspector. Is there any other time that you might recommend that maybe that would be a good time to call you guys? Sure. So um, a lot of people, uh, they don't think about it when you do a brand new build uh, because they think it's brand new. There's nothing wrong with it, uh, which uh, we've never done a brand new house and found not one single thing wrong with a a home. Uh, But they do an 11-month warranty inspection, which is typically at the end of the first year of someone living in a house and their contractor warranty is about up. Uh, That's a pretty good time to do uh, an inspection. Uh, And then just for wanting to know what regular maintenance items for a home, uh, if you're wanting to know uh, maybe what's wrong with your house, what you can do to improve your house, that sort of thing, just for a, a common everyday homeowner too. Very nice. Now, Libby, this is a question for you because I know you kind of handle the administrative side of things. You know, how do we get you out there? How do we find the inspector that's going to come and kind of get us on the schedule? There are a couple of different ways. We have our um, office number, the 812-774-0804. Press zero. It's going to get you straight to um, Nicole or myself to help get um, questions answered and get you on the schedule. We also have a website, um, www.yourrhi.com, and there is a a little button to click on and schedule on there as well. If people opt to do the online option, um, we're going to get notification that they've registered on there, and then we're going to make sure it works with our schedule and um, call or text, whichever is um, easier for for the client or the agent, and this works for both client or agent. Um, we can um, just verify that that date and time works or see what works best for our schedule and them to get them on there. Perfect. So when people are contacting you, what can they typically expect as far as a turn time or how quickly they may get a response on when somebody's available to get into a home? We answer our phones Monday through Friday, um, nine to five. So we've always got someone there um, through the week. Um, Typical turnaround times right now are three to five days. 
Um, we like to keep it there. We'd really like to get it down to two or three days. Um, we do have a team of inspectors, so that allows us more flexibility with our schedule and getting people um, from larger um, areas of the tri-state and, and getting them scheduled in a timely manner. Excellent. Now, I, I hear you say that you have a team of inspectors. Brandon, I know it was just a one-stop, one-guy shop not too long ago. Can you tell us a little bit about how long you've had the company and how you've grown over the years? Sure. So uh, we started in uh, 2010. Um, I think I did 11 inspections uh, the year of 2010 and then just kind of like gradually built up from there. Uh, got to 2017, uh, did around 700 inspections uh, by myself. And for one year, that's that's quite a bit. Uh, it, I was exhausted. Um, <laughs> did you so sleep at all in that time? Not really, no. I think it was a 14-hour, 16-hour day, typically uh, Monday through Saturday is what I was doing then. I was kind of ready for to not do that ever again. So I <laughs> uh, hired our first uh, uh, additional inspector. Uh, he's been with us since 2018. Uh, again, we got really busy uh, and then kind of decided we were going to have to start um, uh, hiring more and then trying to uh, um, get our amount of inspections per inspector down because we were getting pretty exhausted. Yeah, no, I can definitely understand that. As my business has grown over the years, you know, helping people buy and sell, I've done the same where I've had to bring more people on because those 14 to 16 hour days every day, they definitely get tiresome at times. Yeah, especially with little kids. It's definitely hard to, to keep that going. Yeah, no, I, I can understand that completely. So I know we kind of touched on what it is that you guys do on a home inspection, um, you know, but most people just think, oh, right, I'm going to have this guy look at my wiring and different stuff like that. Let's talk about some of the additional services that people typically will ask for, because we live in an area where there's some different things that people may not think of as different uh, things they need tested or are viewed in homes. Can you talk to us about the wonderful world of mold and radon or septics or any of that fun stuff? Sure. So... Um, since you said mold first, uh, we do uh, a couple different things. We can do an air quality test, um, which uh, basically we have a, a special um, uh, a micro vacuum that pulls uh, the particles out of the air, puts it on a Petri dish. We can send that in. And uh, the nice thing about that is um, once those results come in, you know exactly uh, what, uh, particles are floating around in your air. And then you also know about the levels, like how high each individual particle is. Um, what I typically tell people with that is if you look through a window with the sun shining through it, you see the stuff floating around in the air, uh, that test lets you know exactly what all that stuff is. Yeah. Um, which is nice if you have, uh, if you're susceptible to mildew, dandruff, uh, pet, uh, pet dandruff, things of that nature, uh, it lets you know that that stuff is in there and what needs would need to happen for that. Regular mold, if we find uh, some organic substance growing on um, uh, on wood, on uh, in cabinetry, that sort of thing, we can do a tape lift, uh, basically see what type that is, whether it's uh, how hazardous it is, and see if it needs to be uh, uh, cleaned or, or, uh, or something a little farther done with that. Uh, we also do radon testing. Uh, radon is a um, naturally occurring radioactive uh, gas that's in the air. It's everywhere. Uh, problem is you don't know what the levels are until you actually test for it. Um, 
and then we do uh, septic uh, uh, dye tests for septic tanks. Uh, we also do uh, sewer scopes, uh, which is kind of something we've started this year. Uh, it's gained a lot of popularity because a lot of our homes are older than 1980s. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, cast iron, there's a lot of clay tile, mm -hmm. things like that in the ground. Uh, and you really have no idea what's going on with those pipes and, unless if you physically put a camera down in, in the ground uh, to see w what's there. Uh, and a lot of times we do come back with some pretty bad breaks, roots, offsets, uh, where the pipes have pulled apart. Uh, things of that nature, but it's definitely good to know, you know, what that is because it can be a very, very expensive repair if it needs to be done. Yeah, understandable. I want to I want to touch back on a, on something you said about two of the the tests that you guys do, which is the mold and the radon, uh, specifically that it's everywhere on both of those things. You're testing the air that people are already breathing all the time. So how common is it for you to uh, find mold in a home? Let's just start there because, you know, people always say, oh, well, it's, it's not white mold, so it's fine, or, or it's not black mold, so it's fine. People don't really understand what mold means or much about it. How many homes would you say that you've tested or inspected uh, have mold in, their, in them at some point? Um, almost all homes have a type of mold in them. Um, what people, uh, the misconception is when you say the word black mold or white mold or yellow mold or green mold, there, um, that really, there's no mold called white, yellow, black, purple, green. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, they're all, they have names that are a mile long, uh, and out of the millions of types of mold there are, um, one percent of them are uh, really harmful to a human, um, which is why you want to do the test is because uh, you want to know if it is one of those one percent. Most of the time, it's it's just like natural, uh, like a, a wood decay style mold, something like that, which causes like hay fever or itchy nose or something like that. But sometimes it can be some pretty nasty stuff. But the only way you're going to know that is if is if you have it checked out. Yeah, I, I tell buyers all the time. I'm like, just because you see something that says, hey, the crawl space has an organic substance doesn't mean that you need to run for the hills right. because of the thousands of home inspections that I've read over the years, 95% of them probably come back with, hey, your, your crawl space has some sort of mold in it. Yeah, it's almost impossible not to have uh, a mold in your crawl, uh, crawl space, any place you have a damp area like that, like in cabinets where you have a high humidity uh, behind cabinets, you're always probably going to have a little something there, but it's concealed. Um, but odds are it's, it's a pretty standard, um, mold. Good, good, or good answer there. Uh, Libby, I'm going to go to you on this one. Um, cause you're on the admin side of things. You know, what, what do people typically ask when they're calling in and asking about a home inspection when they're talking to you and getting something set up? Most homeowners, um, when they're calling in are totally clueless on what a home inspection is and what goes into a home inspection. So we want to get accurate um, information about the home that they have um, as far as the size and, um, you know, what all different types of things are in the home so that we know the, the right questions to ask um, about different services that they may or may not need. Um, so... We start with just the size of the house, looking to see if there's attached garage, detached garages. Um, probably some of the more common questions are, you know, when we ask about additional services, um, do I have to have that? 
we always tell them, no, you don't have to have that unless you have a certain type of loan that requires particular testing. Um, We just want to make sure that they are knowledgeable about the home that they're getting. So do you have to have radon testing or mold testing? No, you don't have to have those. Do you have any concerns like with asthma or, you know, very um, sensitive allergies that maybe would um, be beneficial for you or your family to have those extra tests? We want to make sure, like I said, that they're getting the most information that they can before purchasing this home. So they know going in, oh, I have some pretty severe, you know, asthma. Maybe I need to have that mold tested just to make sure there's not something so that when I move in, I know, hey, before I move in, I need to either have ductwork cleaned or clean up that that mold residue, um, things along those lines to make sure that they're ready to move into this home. And I think that's a really good point that you bring up that you're trying to educate them on all the things they should think about. Because a lot of people just say, hey, I just want to get get an inspection to see if the home passes or fails. And they don't understand that it's not a pass or fail test at all. And they don't know the questions they should even be asking to make sure they're getting the right testing done. Correct. And that is probably one of the biggest questions we get is, what if my house doesn't pass the the home inspection? And it's like, we're not here to pass or fail. We want to give you a good picture and educate you on what is going on in your home during the two to three hours that we're there for the home inspection. So you can make a good decision about whether there are repairs you want to make or if there are things you want to have done before or soon after you move into the home to make sure it stays in good working order. Perfect. Perfect. Now, Brandon, this one's obviously going to be for you because you're the guy in the field. You're the one who has to climb over people's furniture and move things out of the way. What are some of the top tips that you can come up with to tell sellers, hey, this is what you should be doing to have your home ready before the inspector comes to take a look? So we send out uh, uh, information uh, to the selling agent uh, whenever uh, we're basically coming to a house. It's just basically, hey, these are the things that need to happen to make sure that we have a smooth in and out process to do the inspection. And um, basically making your house showroom ready is kind of the best thing to do. Um, Odds are the buyers are going to come back for the inspection. And I can't tell you the amount of times where people come back um, and there's underwear all over the floor or, you know, dirty dishes in the sink. There's flies buzzing around it, you know, something everywhere. And, and people are like, it did, it did not look like this a week and a half ago when yeah. we were here. And then all of, all of a sudden they're like, I don't know that I want to live in a place that's where people, I mean, we're all messy. That's just, that's how it is. But, but you don't want to see um, other people being messy in the place right. that you're going to be the messy. Whole I, the whole idea of, of, of them being messy and something I'm buying, it just, it throws people off. Uh, so I, I definitely showroom ready. Uh, try to have it clean. Um, we need access to all the mechanicals. So like your HVAC, uh, your water heater, the electrical panels, we have to be able to physically get up to those, take the panel covers off and, and look inside and test those items. Uh, and a lot of times... We'll have, you know, like 15 Christmas trees in the way of like the electric panel or uh, or something along those lines. Uh, the bigger one would be um, your attic access. A lot of times we'll get there and there might be a car in the way of the pull-down ladder access in the garage. Well, clearly we can't get up there because, you know, there's a car in the way. Or if it's in a closet, um, we're not going to move everybody's clothing out of the way to try to, you know, get to that access and get out. So if that stuff is out and... Um, and out of the way so that we can get to that, that obviously makes that, uh, that transition a whole lot smoother. Um, 
the crawl space. If you have a crawl space in your house uh, and you haven't been there in five years, um, it's a great idea to go ahead and open up the door. Uh, maybe just peek your head down there and make sure your crawl space isn't full of water because that definitely happens more than you would think uh, where you, 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 we show up, we take the cover off and you know, it's the, there's a, a swamp in there that needs to be ve- uh, cleaned out, cleaned out before you can get in. Usually means we're going to find other things down there <laughs> other than just the water. So uh, definitely items that, that should be addressed before, uh, before we even show up. Excellent. You know, uh, you're telling me all these things and I'm assuming have come to you through experience of all the inspections that you've done over the years. So why don't we get into the more fun questions that most people Uh want to know about, which is what's the worst thing that you've ever found? And we'll just go areas of the house. What's the worst thing you've ever found in a crawl space, Brandon? I can't really pin down a worst case scenario for a crawl space. We've been in a couple of crawls where your sewer lines just completely disconnected and all of the sewage has been flowing freely in the crawl space for who knows how long. Um, obviously I think once, that, I think that qualifies as yeah. a worst case scenario, well, Brandon, once, what are you talking about? <laughs> once you get down in there and realize what you're crawling in, it's, um, it's not, it's not near as fun as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine that's, you know, I, whenever I first got into real estate and I was helping people look at homes and things, I was always excited to like, climb up in attics or down in crawl spaces and, and kind of help them out and look at different things. Now I'm just like, no, I've got people for that. Yeah. I think it came from those stories of pretty much, you yeah. know, free flowing sewage into a crawl space. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything worse than that in my opinion. Yeah. The crazier thing there is the people that have no idea that that's going on. And you know, it, it, it definitely happens in houses where people are like, yeah, if I would have known that I would have hazmatted that thing like years ago. And then you're like, well, I wonder how long it's been happening. Oh man. You know, those yeah. kinds of things. Can't even imagine. How about attic spaces? I've, I've heard some crazy stuff in attic spaces. You any, any funny stories up there? Um, we've, uh, found things in attics. Um, uh, people like to store, uh, pastime memory items up in attics and, Usually those stashes are right there for in plain sight. So I've definitely seen some things like that. Uh, I think the coolest story I have of an attic is um, um, a lady said that she didn't have any problems with snakes, and uh, I I have a I have a three snake skin rule. I, I, uh, but hold on, like what made her think that that was a something that she needed to bring up before you went into the Well, home. I asked her after. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, if she thought she had any kind of rodents or anything. She said, oh, no, if I did, we no, I would I would absolutely have something done. And then I drug a nine-foot snake skin out of the attic and, you know, passed her, and she was like, was that up there? <laughs> yes, it was. But Did you find the snake? No, no, no. Um, and, yeah, like back to that three-snake skin rule, if I see more than – if I see three snake skins, I'm gone. It doesn't matter where, how, when – you know, you could have had an exterminator there for, uh, and said, everything's all cleaned out. Um, no, I don't, I don't want to wrangle that, but, uh, that one was a pretty, uh, was pretty, I, you know, was able to hold it above my head and the thing's still touching the ground and, um, it's enough for me. Yeah. That'd be more than enough for me too. I, w- I would say, you know what, this house didn't pass inspection <laughs> in that case. I know it's not pass fail, but it failed in my book. <laughs> So I know one of the other tests that you guys do is uh, check it for termites, obviously. Um, I've seen some pretty crazy extensive termite damage. Do you have any crazy stories on things that you've seen as far as that goes anywhere? Um, 
so termites live in shelter tubes. They they can't be exposed to the air. They have to be in like a, a 60% moisture content or more. Um, so they basically build these mud tubes, these tunnels that they're constantly in. Um, I've been in basements where these tunnels are freestanding uh, that are probably six to eight feet long uh, to go from the ground up to uh, the wood members to, to basically to have something to eat on. And I've, I've never seen a more determined insect in my life. Six to eight feet tall to yeah. try to get to and, the wood. That... And you're, you're talking a mud tube is maybe uh, the thickness of like a Bic pen. Uh, so, you know, that's a pretty fragile thing and they can build these things like just super long. So um, you basically look like you're walking into a cave with stalagmites. That's exactly, yeah, just super skinny ones. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That is definitely something that I don't want to walk into myself at any point in time. <laughs> <laughs> either. Uh, well, Brandon, you know, this has been some great information. Is there anything specific that you uh, think is important information for people to know about that I haven't asked you about today? Um, I got a cool roof story uh, Ooh. so uh we were I, I always forget to ask about roofs because i don't do heights like it's just i've seen photos you posted on facebook and i've even like messaged your wife and like how do you let him do this like doesn't this make you nervous and she's like yeah but he's used to it yeah yeah i'm i'm pretty pretty uh cat-like on a roof anymore but yeah when i first started i probably wouldn't have been as as brave as i i say i am now um I had gone, I don't know, several years without finding like a bullet on a roof. And then you see on Facebook or something where people will post a picture. And then in one week, I found uh, five of them um, on multiple different houses. But they were, you know, they're all basically from somebody shooting in the air and then they land on, on the, the roof. And uh, that's that was kind of my crazy roof story was just finding finding bullets on a roof. It's, you you, you would think, think you'd... with basic physics of what goes up must come down, right. but it's amazing to me that, that yeah. you find bullets on roofs. You immediately see that and it's kind of like, yep, we're getting out of here. Yeah, yeah. No, I can only imagine <laughs> on that one. Uh, how about you, Libby? What, what's something that you think that uh, I might have missed on any questions on getting people scheduled and getting the uh, whole inspection process ready to go? Um, I think just making sure that you don't bypass a home inspection. Um, even if it's just for your own knowledge and you're not wanting to get ask the sellers for any any kind of repairs, know what you're getting into. You can make those repairs yourself and pretty much everything that we find in a home inspection, regardless of the number of pages, some people freak out, oh my gosh, it's 60 pages long. Well, that's typical because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of components of your home. Um, just remember those items can be fixed. Um, it's not something to freak out about necessarily. I mean, if there's something major structural wrong, okay. Um, but 99% of those items are all fixable. And, um, well, probably 100% of them are fixable, depending on how much you want to put into it. Let's put it that way. 99% of them are not going to be major um, problems and major repair items. But get that home inspection for your own knowledge. So you know when you're buying this home and you move in, you know what to expect. What are some items that maybe need repaired fairly quickly? What are some items that can hold off for a little while? But, you know, if, it, if there's a roof and it's got about 10 years-ish left, know that you're going to have to start putting back for that roof in, you know, that time frame. Um, start setting money aside for any of the bigger repairs that you may need and and just know what you're getting into before you get into that home. 
Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that I really like about uh, specifically you guys as well whenever we're, you know, setting up inspections for our clients who are looking to work with you is the fact that you're educational throughout the entire process and you're explaining on the front end, hey, this is going to be an informational report that gives you things that maybe need to be addressed now, maybe need to be addressed soon, or hey, here's information you need to know about your house so that you can maintain it properly, which a lot of other people don't realize is going to be in that report. Um you jogged my memory on something that I think is also really important, which is maybe setting the expectation for that buyer on the front end of what that report's actually going to look like. Because I have buyers that I work with all the time and I tell them, hey guys, this is what the report's going to look like. It's going to have a lot of photos. It's going to have all these things pointed out. But a lot of agents don't necessarily do that with their clients. And then they start freaking out because they have those 60 page reports and they're like, what am I supposed to do? This house is falling apart. And it's like, hey, it's really not that bad. And making sure you educate them on that on the front end is something that I think is super important. Absolutely. And I was just going to add, you know, it may be 60 pages long and there may be 10 pages of the summary items that are, you know, your major um, repair items, um, defects. But in those 10 pages, you might have like three items per page because we've got the photos and all of the descriptions there with them. Um, So it might look a little more overwhelming than what it actually is. And a lot of those, it could be, you know, minor, minor little electrical things that are very easy and inexpensive to fix. And you knock out, you know, 10 of those items already with just that. So just some things to keep in mind. And yeah, don't freak out about it. And also remember that your inspector, at least with RHI, is pretty approachable. And if you have questions about what's on that report, I can't tell you how many times I'll call in. Brandon will call me back and he'll remember the day, the time, the person he was there with. And I'm like, dude, encyclopedic memory of every inspection. It's pretty phenomenal. So there's always something in a house that I'm like, oh, yeah, that house. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You say that every time we talk about them, too. You're like, now what, what did I do? Oh, yeah, that house. Yeah. And I'm amazed that he can remember those things months down the road because somebody will call back in, hey, we got in here and we found something. And so I'll call Brandon up and he's like, now, which one was it? And then he'll like look at a picture and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. And I'm like, how in the world do you remember all of that? (laughs) One of the reasons we love working with you guys, easy to use. You know what you're talking about. You take the time to educate and you remember the stuff that you find. So that's always helpful. So Libby, Brandon, thank you both so much for coming in and talking inspections today. If you don't mind, just give us a quick reminder. Where's the best place to locate you online? It is our website, www.yourrhi.com. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for letting us be part of the Air and Advantage. Hey, this is Aaron Luttrell. Thank you so much for checking out the Air and Advantage podcast. If you would like to be a guest, please feel free to reach out to me anytime. We're always looking for other people to interview.